Hey everyone, welcome back. First 2022 edition of Ask. I'm Jamie, you're you, let's do it. Welcome once again, we're at Cornerstone. I'm Pastor Jamie and we're answering your questions um, that you submit. Just go to cornerstonebv.org, .org, I think there was something like that. And uh, you can just go to media, drop down, ask, put in your question. Remember, we need your questions. We wanna keep this show going. If you have it, someone else does. Bible, faith, life, you wanna ask about something else, that's fine too. Whatever you want, uh, we, we would love to get your questions in in this year as we, we start strong in 2022, right? Right. Okay, first question. In Psalm 51:19, it says, you will delight in right sacrifices. I'm paraphrasing, okay. In today's world time, what are the right sacrifices in God's eyes? Well, what I think you mean, first of all, is in today's new covenant, all right? So it's not just time and world, right? It's that um, when we look at sacrifices, like when we did our series in Leviticus, we talked about the different sacrifices and what they represented, right, to God. And, and, and so because of Christ, who's become our once final perfect sacrifice, we no longer bring animal sacrifices to God. Not because God decided, oh, we don't need to do it anymore, that's old fashioned. Um, or he become, suddenly became an animal rights activist or something like that. No, he just has become a, Jesus has become the final perfect sacrifice, right? So great question. For the Christian then, what could be a right sacrifice? Well, the New Testament gives us a lot of places where now what is a sacrifice to God? When I give something up before God, when I put God before me or put others before myself, right? Let me give you a few. Hebrews 13, 16. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God, right? So generosity, doing good, doing how God says to do it, right? is sacrificial. Obviously being generous is sacrificial. Here come the cops. Oh, they're not after me this time. Uh, so, you know, so if I'm, I'm putting, if I'm being generous with my money and my time, I'm putting you, therefore the Lord, before me. And that's a right and good sacrifice that pleases him. And so you want to think of it that way. Whenever you're being generous or a blessing to someone else, you're actually pleasing God. It's like that word pleasing from the Old Testament. The aroma of the sac sacrifice would drift up to God. So whenever you do something like that, God's like, yes, that, that's good. That's pleasing to me. And if that's something you want, which is a Christian, you should, then do more of that. Okay, how about uh, Romans 12, verses 1 to 2? I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So he's actually saying your, your body, kind of what you do is a living sacrifice. He's not saying to die, uh, you know, present your body as a, you know, like an animal sacrifice and that's pleasing to God. He's saying as you do life, Use your bodies acceptable and pleasing. Don't let your body, your actions, and the things you do with your body, including your mouth, including your, you know, your sexuality, all the different things that, that go with our life and our bodies, do what, the way God wants to do them with a heart towards God. That is acceptable and pleasing to God. Let me give you one more, Ephesians 5.2. And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Again, that Old Testament language, as you walk in love, the way Christ loved us, that's a fragrance to God. God's, I love that. I love that sacrifice. What did Jesus say? Put, you know, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength. 
love your neighbor as yourself. Those are the sacrifices. Putting yourself uh, last, putting others first, putting God's word. When you meet up, your life meets up with God's word and, and you're like, well, I'd rather go this way and God's word says go that way, go that way. It's a sacrifice, it is, but it's pleasing to God and that's how you're expected to live as a Christian. Great question. All right, another really great question. Um, that, uh, that it's a little long, but stay with me. It says, Acts 8.13, Simon the magician believed and was baptized. Later, he offered silver to the apostles um, so that he could have the power to, give, um, to lay on hands and give others the Holy Spirit. Peter rebuked him, saying, your silver, may your silver perish with you because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. My question is, was Simon saved because he believed? Was this a case of an immature Christian whose life hasn't been transformed? Okay, so Simon the magician in Acts chapter 8, was he a Christian or not? Did he, and scholars very much disagree on this because we're not told explicitly uh, and exactly what, what Simon's heart you know, where he really was at. So if you read, go back to chapter, Acts chapter 8, it's a very significant turning point in the gospel. Jesus said, um, the, <clears throat> the, last, the, the last thing that Jesus said was we want to take the gospel, right, to Jerusalem, to um, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, right? So this, this was in Acts chapter 8 when the gospel went to Samaria. Okay, and, and, and so it's a very important, if you look at all three of those times, Pentecost in Jerusalem, Samaria in Acts chapter 8, Cornelius, you know, like Rudolph, uh, his house in Acts chapter 10, that's when it went to the Gentiles of the ends of the earth. And all three of those places, there's a significant outpouring event of the Holy Spirit. This is not something to be recreated, by the way, um, like expecting tongues and expecting uh, tongues of fire to land on us and all of that. Some people want that as a regular experience in the Christian life. It's not. It was three times done to show how the gospel went forward, right? And, and that's getting off topic a little bit, but that's, why, that's the kind of event we're dealing with here, a significant event in the life of uh, the church. And so in that, right, this guy, this magician who is... Uh, kind of lived his life selling and buying secrets in the power, but it was a more dark power, right, to, to make a living that way. And so he he's, hears the gospel and it says that he believed, right, and he was baptized. So he says, yeah, I'm a Christian. But then he sees this amazing outpouring of the Holy Spirit. He's like, I will give you money, which was typical in his world, to Peter if I can be the one to give the Holy Spirit. And Peter's like, that's not for you, man. Like, no, right? Your money, this isn't a buying and selling type of deal. And he really harshly rebukes him to the point where I would agree with the questioner where it really does seem like Simon really wasn't a Christian. Um, and, and again, we don't know. It could be that he truly was a Christian and just really didn't understand the Holy Spirit and needed a, that harsh rebuke to get him back on track, hopefully. Or if not, maybe this rebuke was something to, to, to help him to not just believe the gospel here, but to truly be born again in the gospel. Here's what you need to understand about this question though. You and I, we cannot lose our salvation. Uh, and there's other churches and theologies in the Christian church that, that would disagree with me. I just think the Bible is just very, very firm on this. When you are born again in Christ, there is a new life given to you. You don't just get unborn again in Christ. And so the person who says they're a Christian and suddenly isn't, they either never were or they will be back. 
because there will be fruit because God has given you new life. And that's an act of God and you can't violate that, right? So we don't know ultimately, but what's important is for you and I to say, am I really a believer in Christ? Do I understand um, what the Bible says about Jesus, not just kind of how I want it to be, sort of like what the magician was doing. Um, so, great question. Hopefully that answered. I know it's a kind of a long one to sort out, but a lot there. Uh, let's just finish with this one. Will we recognize each other, spouses, family members, and friends in heaven? Well, uh, the Bible doesn't give a ton of details on that, but it certainly seems that way. Uh, the, the parable of Lazarus, which some believe is not a parable, um, and, and that, that he was with Abraham and able to recognize each other, and so that kind of points to that, well, probably can. Also, the best example uh, of a resurrected body is Jesus post-resurrection, and while he was able to veil himself from some of his disciples, they definitely recognized him. He even had the, the scars, right, for Thomas to feel, and so that definitely should be our best pattern to look to, that yeah, you'll be able to recognize uh, your loved ones who are believers in Christ who are with you in heaven. You won't be married anymore, um, and you won't get married. Jesus was clear about that, but you will definitely seem to recognize uh, different people uh, when we're there. So hopefully that's something you're, you're happy about. <laughs> All right, God bless. Make sure you answer questions, or I always say that, ask questions so that I can answer them in an upcoming episode. Uh, hopefully we'll see you in church this weekend. New year, do it right. Let's go. See you, this, see you next week.